Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. All right, everybody, it is Wednesday night, August 17th, 2022. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the ChairShot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. I am your host, DJ. Uh, going to go around the room. We've got four people running the show tonight. I'm going to go around the room here and introduce everybody. First up is a guy who uh, who I thought was going to be on the injured reserve list tonight. Um, Jason, uh, how you doing there, buddy? Much like my hero, my pal, Cody Rhodes, I am going to push through because I'm a team player and I can work hurt and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make it here, guys. Nope. I appreciate you and the listeners appreciate you soldiering forward. But but you got to be honest with me here. You went through the barbershop window, didn't you? The dog finally got you. Not yet. He's Come on, we were your pals here. He's it's, a, it's a close set. You can you can you can be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I can't because he's you know he's drifting around right now. He's listening. So oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, then we'll, then we'll, we'll move on from that so he doesn't get you in your sleep. Thank you. And from the Rob the Genius podcast, the Minister of Truth, Mr. Rob, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you. Good to be back. All right. And special guest tonight, running the fourth chair, a guy who I've gotten to know a little bit over the last few weeks, uh, from the DWI podcast, the master of trivia, the phenomenal AJ Belaz. AJ, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. As, as soon as I got the message, I'm like, yeah, definitely. I'll definitely do it for DJ. Let's do it. Hey, I appreciate it, man. And, and I appreciate you guys having me on. I've been on, uh, I was on the DWI podcast again last Friday, kind of came off the bench, much like AJ. AJ came off the bench here tonight. Um, and, you know, just because we tried to get Tony, Tony was busy. I'm like, he's like, AJ's not doing anything. I'm like, great. Awesome. We'll, we'll have AJ on. That's, that's cool. So I, I appreciate you coming on. I'm uh, going to give you a, a fair warning. We are the great value of podcasts. We don't have a soundboard. I don't have a bell. Um, <laughs> I'm terrible. Oh, about no. Calling, I'm terrible about calling commercials. So they just throw commercials in wherever. <laughs> so it'll it'll kind of be what it is. Ah, if it works, it works. You probably just you probably just heard my wife cough. My dog's probably going to bark later. Yeah, we're 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 uh, we run a pretty interesting ship over here. Yeah, 
it's, yeah. it's, it's definitely a different animal being the guest host on somebody's podcast than it is running your own. I've got to keep a hand on the wheel here and I'm not always great at it. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm learning to use the mute button on myself, but I'm not always perfect with it. Well, you're, you're better at running the ship than me and Jason are. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was about to say, DJ, this was before you. You know, I actually had a podcast on Chair Shop before where I was the host and Tony was on it. And whoo, there was a reason why I stock up on liquor. <laughs> <laughs> That's That's, I, I like being the host, but it's it's a, definitely a break uh, being a guest host, because if I go on there and I screw up, Tony can just kick me off. Um, <laughs> that is, he, he, can, he, can just t- he can just kick me off here. I'm kind of. This, this is my show. You know, I, I mean, I say my show because I started it, but it's become our show. And but it's it's definitely a different animal. I think maybe I run a little bit. I grip the wheel a little tighter when I'm in charge, whereas, you know, when I'm on when I'm on DWI or anything else, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. It's whatever happens. happens. Well, you need to do that because you have a, you know one guy over here who likes to ramble because he thinks he's smarter than everybody. Right. I mean, you <laughs> And I never know when Jason's going to become unhinged about something. And I have a feeling Jason's going to become unhinged about something tonight. He's going to break out the Dean Ambrose on something from from a little preview that we had here. Yeah, oh, we, hey. we had a little pre-show huddle and Jason was already getting started. I'm like, save it for the show, brother. Yeah, he's about to gig himself. and <laughs> Wait for the bell. Wait for the bell. <laughs> Anyway, uh, tonight we're going to start off a little bit here talking about uh, Monday Night Raw. Uh, we don't often do like a show review for Monday or, or for uh, Raw or SmackDown mainly because I rarely get a chance to catch them in real time. I don't have cable. I catch everything on Hulu. And uh, last night was the first night I was able to sit down and watch an episode of Raw within 24 hours of it happening. And just as important, if not more important, Rob was there live Monday night. And uh, we're going to let Rob kind of give us a little boots on the ground <clears throat> perspective before we get into talking about the show itself. Okay. So, yeah. So I got there. I got there just when they were starting to do the stuff for main event. And just you know, Shelton Benjamin is a very large human being. And you, I mean, he looks kind of big on TV. But when you, when you see him up close and personal, it's like, damn, that guy's huge. <clears throat> And so he um, he beat Tazawa in the first match on main event. And second match, they had uh, Street Profits and Alpha Academy. So if, if, if you don't, you know, if you don't regularly watch main event or you only occasionally maybe check out main event, um, I'd say, you know, it, it, I mean, it's not like a match of the year or anything. But I mean, if, if like if you're bored and you, you know, feel like watching a match or something, that match is definitely, you know, about eight to ten minutes worth your time and Monte so, side note on that real quick did you did you see the heavy breathing about the street puppets being on main event oh no because you know because i don't have twitter on my phone so um so i didn't see it and i mean i was a bit i was i mean i was a little bit surprised but at the same time um it's not that big of a deal it's one week uh, literally these guys just spent a month in a major you know, program with the Usos. I think it's okay for them to <coughs> show up on main event once in a while. Well, and, and also, and also not for nothing, but since basically quarantine and things have got kind of rolling again, main events been quietly like really friggin' good. Yeah, I mean, like, there, they, there are yeah, and Ali have had that series, and like they've had Ricochet had a little tour on there where he beat like four people, and they were all <laughs> awesome matches. Um, 
Yeah, you know, the main event is not like the the you know I don't know whatever it is the the prison or the thing that it kind of used to be. No, and yeah. honestly, and honestly, go ahead, AJ, real quick. Yeah, right. I, I was gonna say because because main event like yeah we know that it's been like the joke where it's like this is where the jobbers go but if they have a name they go no it's actually been surprisingly entertaining like you guys have said where it's not really like a C show or a D show it's actually like. If you actually want to see something a little bit different, go for it, and it it's delivered surprisingly enough. Because um, well, Ali and Ricochet had a really good series on there. I think last year yeah. it was excellent. Uh, but also, I mean, if 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 your thing is that hey, I don't have seven hours to spend on watching WWE programming, or if I don't, let's say I don't have five hours to watch Raw and SmackDown every week, main event is like an hour. And you get they recap, you know, they basically they recap all the important stuff from both shows. They show match highlights from both shows. Sometimes they might even show like the full match, you know, you know, a full match from one or the other show. So you can get you can get all the information you need from the past week. And they have a couple of matches they throw in there, you know, that and. So if you're if you're one of those people where it's like, hey, I, I don't have five hours to watch all that stuff. I mean, main event is a perfectly good way to keep abreast of everything. And then I'd recommend it, to be honest with you. Uh, so they had this match on there. And, yeah, because like you're saying, like, um, they did a program with the Usos. And then each of the past two weeks, you know, Montez and then Angelo both wrestled Seth Rollins. Okay. And basically, they didn't. My guess is that right now they don't have a storyline, you know, for the immediate future. Or probably at least for the next couple of weeks, they may not have a storyline working. But they're people that, you know, the crowd likes to see. So why not? I mean, you know, they came out there. Um, you know, they had on, you know, they had, you know, because, you know, you know every, wherever they go now, they have, they were, have, you know, they have their trunks and all that are like the color scheme of one of the local teams. They had the burgundy and gold of the Washington Commanders on this time. Um, oh, Montez is another dude that that is big. It's bigger than you think, especially when you see him in person. And that's before he, um, you know, started to, um, you know, the Ica Pro. <laughs> even right, 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 yeah. But, but now, <laughs> um, now definitely, <laughs> right. So, quick, quick side note because I wanted to ask AJ a question. Do you? I talked. We talked a little bit about my SmackDown experience a few weeks ago, and I was like, it was weird with the TV production end of it and being at like a TV show versus like a house show. What do you? Have, I'm assuming you've been to live shows, yes, like the TV tapings. I I have never been to a television taping. Okay, I've only been to. I went to Battleground. I don't remember when it was. It was Kevin Owens and AJ Styles had their United States championship match, and the main event was uh, when Jinder Mahal was the WWE champion. Oh, the Punjabi yeah. prison match? <laughs> Let me tell you. that was It was awful to watch because, thank God, we had the like the giant monitor above us where it was like, we can't see a damn thing of this fucking match. I, like, <laughs> I, I have to break my neck to watch this because the bamboo is that thick. Yeah. Yeah. But it was it was still a fun time to be around. You know, they showed a couple <clears throat> of promos from backstage on the Titans <laughs> and everything else, but Yeah. Yet to be at a TV taping, even though I really want to, not gonna lie. 
Yeah, that SmackDown was the first. Aside from like a Superstars taping like 20 some odd years ago, the SmackDown I went to a few weeks ago was my first live TV taping of a of a <laughs> Raw, of, of a WWE event. I went to a Nitro about 20 something years ago, but there, there's definitely a different feel between a house show and a TV taping. And I was just curious to get your thoughts on that if you had been to one and what you preferred, you know, if you preferred one versus the other. Yeah, sadly, I've not been at a television taping. I've been to the only quote-unquote television taping that I've been to was for MLW. They're because they record things like months ahead of time and then do the main event, which is supposed to be that day. Yeah, for like their pay-per-view, which was awesome. I'm not gonna lie, that was amazing. There was very little downtime. There might have been like an intermission for about 15 minutes to set up a match or something, but. I, I have no complaints on that, but I haven't been on a, like a large scale like AEW or WWE. Okay. All right. Rob, go on. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no worries, man. No worries. So um, that was main event. <clears throat> and like uh, Jason was saying a few weeks ago, like the speed with which those guys get out there and change out the mats and everything is just remarkable to see live. I mean, they, because I mean, they were down to like, you know, three minutes, two minutes before eight o'clock. And they got out there and they got the main event thing, Matt off the, you know, the apron off of there and they put the raw apron up and they, I mean, those guys were moving, man. And then so, you know, um, eight o'clock, you know, things kick off and I was down, I was on the lower section right behind the ringside seats. You had great seats. You were directly Dude. across from the hard camp. Yeah, you you that that view was awesome. Um, uh, did you brace yourself for the pyro oh, yeah. this time? Yes, I did. Because um, AJ, because <laughs> a few um, a few years ago, me and my son went to Extreme Rules at the old Baltimore Arena, and we had seats that were kind of on the same level, and we were right near the Titantron. But I had forgotten, you know, there was a pay per view, and so at, when that thing began, <laughs> just the the pyro just went boom. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and then just like startled the hell out of me. But this time I was ready, you know, so I, you know, I covered my ears a little bit and all that. But um, that's good at least. Yeah. Look, if, if you're going to sit, if you're going to sit in the lower section and sit near the Titan Tron, you, yeah, you, you better, you know, remember at what point in the show, you know, somebody's, the, the pyro is going to go off or you need to remember who gets pyro, like, you know, what kind, you know, um, cause otherwise, yeah, they're going to get you. <laughs> <clears throat> but, um, from there, I mean, it, it was, it was a really good show to take in, in the building. I've been to episodes of raw where things drag. Now there are always slow points with raw cause it's a three hour show. Um, <laughs> I mean, you, you can be the best episode of raw ever. And if it, it's a three hour show, there's still going to be some points where things are moving a little slower or whatever. Um, this one was one of the better ones on that front. And one thing that was really good, the part where, um, where Dexter Loomis came in over the barricade, um, they made it look, I mean, it looked real like in the arena because he got over the barricade and then, you know, Byron and Corey and all them jumped up and then the security guys got on him immediately. <clears throat> so you, you could even barely see who it was underneath. So it looked very real. 
So kudos to, to everybody involved in that. And you know, and then, I mean, they and you know, and then they tackled him and they got him out of there like it was like a, a regular person trying to rush the ring or whatever. It wasn't like you know, usually because on you know, on wrestling shows, the guy beats up the security people or something, right? Um, right. But they, you know, they oh. took him. Down, yeah, they took him down like he was an intruder. And well, an interesting note. I mean, obviously, we were watching on TV. It looked to me like. Those are the actual security guys, not the local jobbers that they, you know, hire to... Yeah, they actually made it good. Yeah, they were like, no, hey, Lenny or whoever has security is, get your guys and we're gonna, you're gonna be a part of the show tonight. Actually make security look like security that does their job, not just like lanky indie wrestler number 5,372. Right, right. One thing I liked that they did was a really good nuance on live TV. They cut to black, like they wrestled him, they grappled him for a minute. You heard uh, somebody, you know, obviously the, the announced team was trying to get the hell out of the way, and then also at least that's what they did on Hulu. If they did that live, I don't know. But by the time we got to Hulu, there's like all this chaos, and then the screen goes black for like maybe two or three seconds, and then they come back, and the commentary teams get themselves back together. So it's really well done. Yeah. So, I mean, that and that, it, it looked really good in the arena the way that it went down. <clears throat> and, um, I'm trying to think like, well, they're just kind of general things from the night. Um, so the commercial breaks were not as like, you know, because sometimes during those commercial breaks, it's pretty egregious. The wrestlers will come out there to their music and they'll just be standing there for five minutes. Um, that didn't really happen Monday because at one point, like when uh, Kevin and Drew were out there and they're like, you know, and they, and they you know, were jarring at each other and then they went to commercial during the break, they were like circling around and still yapping at each other. And the referee was kind of, you know, getting in between them and all of that. Yeah. So that was good. You know, Drew, we know <clears throat> Drew has a lot to say. Oh yeah. So. <laughs> Oh, no. Calm your, calm your tits. We're gonna yeah. get to that. Yeah, we're, we're gonna, gonna get... get to Drew soon, all right? We're yes. gonna get to Drew <sighs> soon. Okay. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> okay. And then now, this is one thing. Um, me and a lot of other people got the same idea around ten thirty, <laughs> and because the match that you know was made out to be the main event of the evening was, of course, Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles. So we're all just kind of thinking, okay, well, that's the main event. And then at 10 o'clock, you know, you hear the AJ Styles music and like, well, what in the hell? <laughs> I guess only 10 o'clock. <laughs> like, um, <clears throat> they're doing this now? And then, you know, I just, and so I just kind of mentally just recounted everything in my head. Like, okay, so we saw Seth and Riddle. Okay, we saw Drew and Kevin. We saw the Usos come out there. We saw Judgment Day already. Um, we saw Miz and Ciampa already. Um, saw Bliss and Asuka, and we saw them get into it a little bit with, you know, um, Bailey and the girls. Like, okay, so we've seen all of those things. They're doing this at 10 o'clock. So all we got left is, like, they're going to do Dolph and Theory after this? Really? So, you know, AJ and Bobby did the thing. It was really good. 
Um, that the the hurt the calf crusher into the hurt lock was one of the best just counter sequences I've ever seen. Uh, but <clears throat> you know, so they did the thing. It was really good. It was around ten thirty. They went to commercial, and I'm thinking, okay, well, hmm, hmm, I gotta catch the metro. Well, all right, I'm gonna say, okay, I'm gonna walk up to the concession stand, gonna get a t-shirt, maybe get get something to drink, and then maybe I'll come back down. So I go up there. The the like the the concession stands are closed, so I can't get anything to drink. Then, <clears throat> so I got a t-shirt and I'm looking around and I see a bunch of other people leaving. And then I look, you know, I looked and I was like, well, it's 1030. Got to catch the Metro. If I go now, it won't be too crowded. Still got to drive home after I get off the Metro. You know what? Sometimes you got to make a business decision, my friend. Yeah, like, you know what? You know, um... Yeah, I think I'm going to go to the Metro. <laughs> the executive decision. <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad I did because I got home before 1130. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I missed, um, you know, uh, so I missed Dolph and Theory. I missed, you know, Dakota and Dana. It was funny. Now, Dakota and Dana went uh-huh. so fast that they were finished before I even bought my T-shirt. So... <clears throat> I'll tell you, I'll tell you, pal. You didn't, you didn't miss Theory and Dolph. Yeah, I mean, so and 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 you know, Dana and e, and yeah, yeah, you didn't miss. Yeah, you didn't miss anything really. I figured that. Um, because again, that that was over so quick. Because I heard Dakota's music when I was walking up, when I was first getting out to where the concession stands are. And then as I was paying for my T-shirt, I heard it again. I was like, well, damn. <laughs> I was like, well, it, it's over. <laughs> like, okay. Guess um, I didn't miss anything. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so all that was left was, you know, Theory and Dolph. And then I figured that, okay, the only thing that might happen here, if somebody else returns or something, right? But, and then I just figured, okay, well, do I want to stick around just in case that happens? Or do I want to get home earlier? So I decided, you know what, it was better to get home earlier. <laughs> yeah, we did that with SmackDown, and it wasn't nearly as late because they had, uh, I think it was uh, <clears throat> Angelo Dawkins and uh, I think it was Jey Uso in the main event of SmackDown when we went, and they did a match afterwards with like almost and some other people. I'm like, no offense, I ain't sticking around for almost. Oh, yeah. Know, it's, yeah. We, we hold ass. We were probably one of the first hundred people to get out of there. We were like, I looked at her. She's like, she had just had, my daughter was with me. She just had this <clears> long <throat> look on her face. I'm like, you ready to go? She's like, I'm ready to go. So as, as soon as we realized, because the Usos and everybody were still in the ring, and I looked at her and she's like, yeah, it's time. I'm like, all right, let's get the hell out of here. So we beat the crew. And, you know, we, but I, I don't think I missed anything because the almost thing wasn't even televised. Okay. Yeah. Because if, so if they had some, if, if there was some dark match main event after Raw went off the air, I have no idea what it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and look, look, you're better dead than I am because when I when I took my son to the holiday tour, um, he was looking at me like, "Okay, time to go." And I said, "One more match, son, then we'll go." Oh no, she was doing that to me somewhere around the nine o'clock to nine fifteen. She's starting to get that look, and she's starting to look around and. She's looking at me, hey, she's like, Dad, hey, how long gonna, does this go? I'm gonna I'm gather. Like, 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Sorry, I'm going to guess, by the way, Rob. Rob, I'm going to guess that you there was probably a legacy kid involved in the that match that you wanted to stick around for. And poor Miles had to, you know. <laughs> um, well... Why, why you got to feed him into the uh, into the into the nightly routine? Are you just well? Hey, I'm I, I'm just saying because it could have been one of two people that he would have been like, all right, son, we got to stick around. Well, so um, you either got to well, acknowledge the tribal chief or bow to the queen. Well, it, well, the, the tribal chief was not there that night, so yes, we did. Yes, he did have to stay for one more. Woo! <laughs> Who called it? Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Well, boy, do my co-hosts know each other or what? <laughs> So yeah, but anyway, anyway, <laughs> but um, no, but Raw was fun Monday night, and we can get to some of the more details as we, you know, as we talk about things yeah. later. But it was a good time. Um, it was first time, my first time going to Raw since 2019. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was it was good. It was a good time. Before so, the sickness. Quick question, AJ. You said you watched on uh, Hulu as well. I or did you watch watched, live? I watched live here and there, but if I missed something, I just went back to the highlights. Okay, because something I'm curious about. This has always irritated me, and I don't. I think I understand, but I never really completely understood. When we still had the network, a live episode of Raw or SmackDown would take like five or six weeks to air. And yeah, that that was always irritating, and I understand they've got a, a window for ratings because there's like a seven day window for ratings but i would figure after a week or so you should be able to get the next episode up and sometimes i like to watch the whole episode i you know hulu's nice if you want to just kind of burn through it in an hour and a half but i feel like there are certain things that you know you miss if you like monday night they cut out dakota kai and dana brooke which apparently wasn't wasn't anything to miss and then they cut out um, the Miz and Champa match with uh, Ali and who was the other guy? Cedric. 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 Yeah. Cedric. That's right. And by all accounts, it was a really good match and it had an awesome finish. So one, I think it's a good problem to have when you're looking at a three-hour show and you're having a hard time. Like, okay, we've got all this good content. What's a what's a match that we can cut that people aren't going to maybe quote unquote miss too much? Does it? Are you AJ? Are you cool with the Hulu thing, or would you rather watch it in its entirety? I'm fine with the Hulu thing because there are some matches, like like we alluded to before, with Dana and Dakota, where it was like, all right, well, they're not going to make Bailey's group look weak, and Dana Brooke is unfortunate. Well, I can't say unfortunately, but she is the jobber of the women's division, so she we kind of knew that was going to be like a two minute maybe less match so i'm i'm perfectly fine with that it cuts time it cuts a lot of things because we all know the the famous line of everything that comes to professional wrestling is piss break hmm. some somebody's got to be the hot dog match as they say yeah, uh, yeah. <clears throat> and um on that note like okay because the, the the tag team match was it was a very good match 
at the same time, you know, if, if, if you missed it, you know, I'm not going to tell you in December, like, Hey man, you need to go watch that tag team match from August. Right. Well, I guess the only thing that I look at is that you've got Ciampa who's in the middle of a major, at least a major mid card push. And yeah. then you've got Dakota who is part of one of their bigger storylines. I'd, I'd hate to be the guy who makes the decision to cut that because obviously you want to put both of those many, both of those people in front of as many eyes as possible. And I'd imagine at least from a replay standpoint, standpoint, Hulu's a big market for that. Yeah. Now in this case, now Miz and Champa came out during Bobby and AJ. Right. So they did get some screen time. And then also, um, you know, Bailey and Dakota and EO had a little kind of dust up with Bianca and Asuka and Alexa after Asuka and Alexa's, Alexa's match. So they, I mean, they did get some camera time on right. the thing, even though the matches got cut. And that, that very well may have factored into the decision, you know. Yeah. Well, so, okay. We saw these guys on TV enough. That, that's possible. You know, that's, that's actually a really good point that I didn't consider. So speaking of ripping the Band-Aid off, let's let's get right into uh, – <laughs> l- let's feed into Jason here. Uh, I'm going to start off – our boss, Greg DeMarco, uh, this is probably Monday night, posted something. With the beginning of Drew McIntyre's promo, he comes out with the cheap pop of, you know, Baltimore, let me hear – D.C., let me hear you make some noise. And he just thought it was absolutely cringeworthy. And I got to agree with him. And when he started doing the promo with Kevin Owens, I, for my money, I thought Kevin Owens was owning it. Like, Kevin just broke into it and went into I'm like, holy crap, he is totally just up Drew McIntyre's. Now, now Drew recovered it, to his credit. Um, I thought the second half of Drew's promo was a hell of a lot better than his first. But, yeah, it, it's an interesting note that he's – and it's not even like the Foley cheap pop because at least the Foley cheap pop was intentional. This really sounded forced. And I, I, I think he did the same thing on SmackDown with which, wherever he was. Whoever's in charge of him doing that, they need to tell him to stop because the cheap pop isn't working. Yeah. I mean, he tried He tried it with the tribal queef thing a couple of years ago or a couple of weeks ago. Excuse me. A couple of years ago. And, yeah, no. I'm, I'm, COVID time. I'm just <laughs> I'm just in a daze because Bro, that just happened. Like, because Greg, like Greg's, Greg's right. Like, I look at this fan base and I go, "You cannot sit there with the Drew McIntyre experience." And I want to say at the very top of the of everything, I think Drew is fine. He's good to great. Even he's not one of the guys that clicks with me. But he's an excellent professional wrestler. He's fine at promo. He's uh, he's got the goddamn look, you know. He's he looks like a million bucks. His finisher's awesome. Like I, I got nothing really against the guy. It's just you people, you people. If you if you take the Drew McIntyre experience that we've had in the last like two years, if you're a rest- a longtime wrestling fan and you booed Roman Reigns in 2015-16 or but you're cheering for this dude I don't know what to tell you cuz it's the same goddamn thing. He comes out with the like I'm just sitting there I'm like just be a little looser. Just be yourself. Like he's clearly being fed some of these shit lines. Like re- I, as soon as he said tribal queef, I just went, 
that that would be suffered in succotash on the internet if if CM Punk told you told you guys that that Drew was a bad dude or something. That would be that would be suffering succotash all over again. Oh no, Jason said no, CM Punk can. in front of DJ. Uh oh. Oh yeah, he, he's gonna try and get me. Oh no 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 no! I, oh, you missed the, if you a, missed the Jason CM Punk rant about a month ago. Yeah, I I still need to put that one on the YouTube channel. I haven't even cut that one out yet. AJ, if there's a certified CM Punk hater on this podcast, it's this guy. So, um, well, that's all three of us. All three of us, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Guilty. Me, me, me too. Don't feel bad. Me too. But anyway, I think yeah, that's Drew, unanimous across the board with uh, at least everybody that I've interacted with as part of the Chair Shot Network. It seems to be a recurring theme. Yeah. No. But Drew is doing. He's doing great. Like. But why? Why couldn't we do this for Roman Reigns? Like he doesn't even get pops that much. Yeah, he got booed on Monday because he's in the ring with the prize fighter Kevin Owens. Anybody, almost anybody's gonna get booed when oh shit, the prize fighter's coming back. All right, I'm just well, gonna. He, he well, I don't know how it sounded on TV, but he didn't really get. I wouldn't really say he got booed. Owens got a lot of cheering. Yeah. Yeah, but but Owens got cheered more than he did. Yes. Um. But but he didn't get booed. Kevin Owens trying to be a heel at this point is a waste of everyone's time. For yeah. Real. Yeah. It, yeah. And it, it is. Um, but it's what it's his best character, though. It, well, it is, is. But yeah. Go ahead, AJ. I'm sorry. The, the thing that you need to do with Kevin Owens is make him the anti hero. You don't need to make him a heel or a face. Just be like, fuck you. I do what I want. He's the closest thing to a. 1999 2000 stone cold steve austin is we're gonna get yeah to which even even kevin well back when he used his actual name kevin steen in roh he was like yeah i did this move i did this move and even stone cold told him can you talk i don't care what you do in the ring if you can talk and you can rope the fans in that's all i give a shit about well, and that's what I was, I was just watching. Interesting you bring that up. Um, I was watching the Sami Zayn on the Broken Skull Sessions. And that was something that he talked about. He had the, when they were in NXT, uh, him and Neville. And he came down and cut a promo on Neville. And like the Undertaker, it's actually a really funny story if you haven't seen it. He said the Undertaker was actually there and he was in Gorilla. And he basically made the comment. He's like, wow, those guys just sold some fucking tickets. And it was all based on a promo. I mean, the, the the matchup itself might gain the interest, but the promo is what puts asses in the seats. And um, yeah, and I don't want to sound like I'm dumping on the dude. It's just more of the experience. The experience, because again, his promo was really good when he got that fire going. He's like, I'm a two time world champion. You know, I got fired. I came back. I worked my ass off. Blah blah blah. All facts, by the way. I'm not taking a damn thing away from that dude's resume. He beat Brock Lesnar in like four minutes with zero help, with zero asterisks, with zero everything. Um, I don't even think Roman can't even say that about any of his Brock victories, including the SummerSlam one because Braun was there. So, yeah, man, I just don't get it. It's the same. It's the same like, hey, he's the hero. He has corny lines. He's, I don't know. Uh, it's it's the, just the an difference interesting... is the CM Punk factor. CM it Punk is. didn't go on a podcast and you know shit talk and try to derail Drew's career like he did with Roman. 
Right. Meanwhile, I mean, if you're watching the show at all, you know, they make the main character look strong. Like, I know that's kind of a... that, But they've been doing the exact same thing with him. He beat Brock Lesnar in two minutes. He beat this guy. He beat that guy. He won the Rumble. He did this. He did that. Like, he's stacking up all these accomplishments and endorsements and whatnot. And it's the same goddamn thing. It's the main character of the show that Vince McMahon decided is the main character of the show. Now, that might change in a couple of years or, or in the near future or something like that because obviously Vince McMahon is no longer in charge. But yeah, it's just an oddball experience to see if you, cause everyone's doing what I wanted them to do for Roman. All right, dude, like if you don't want to, cause I feel like he's gotten some tepid rea- reactions generally. Um, yeah, you know, people will cheer and pop when he comes out, but it's not the full throated craziness. And I'm like, cool. If you want to do that and just sit on your fucking hands, Great. Let me enjoy my guy. If you're a, and if you're a Drew McIntyre fan, God bless you. This is the best experience you're gonna get, man. Because your guy's just kicking ass and taking names, and he's probably gonna be the one to beat Roman if Cody doesn't have some sort of Wolverine healing factor, which he might. Um, yeah, man. I just don't get it. It's a it's it's the CM Punk factor. That's it. He just didn't CM Punk didn't tell you that. Hey, you should hate this guy. AJ, what are your thoughts on Drew? Does he do it for you, or are you just kind of going along with going along for the ride like Jason is? I I have always liked Drew, but I understand where Jason's coming from. Where it's you know the whole it's repetitive, it's forced. The thing is, I also feel bad for Drew, and I actually talked about this with my brother Andrew. Actually, um, is Every time that Drew McIntyre is on top of the world is the lowest point of wrestling for that company that he's a part of. When he was in TNA as the world champion, it was the lowest point of TNA. No one really watched TNA. No one really cared for TNA. People thought TNA already died. And then WWE, everyone's on quarantine. No one's allowed in the ring. Hey, he's the world champion. He's fine. Drew McIntyre is finally the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. That's pretty good, pal. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) But then when it starts picking up again, it's just like, he's up there, he's doing good, but no one really cares. Well, Roman comes back and absolutely laps him. Exactly, where you have, you know, the the whole acknowledge me, the tribal chief and everything else. Like, he found himself as a heel, which is doing wonders. You want the quote-unquote cheap pop where he's, wherever city he's at, where it's like, Washington, D.C., acknowledge me. Not, oh, what's up, D.C.? Yeah, we're gonna party. Yeah, totally, yeah. Awful, awful. And, and like, and like, uh, like, Greg DeMarco was saying, Drew's better than that. Like he's better than that. That forced. Okay, that's the thing. Again, I don't want to seem like I'm dumping on the dude. The tribal queef thing. He should have looked at whatever writer is gave him that line and just given him the finger and walked away. Yeah, I'm not saying that. And he should have the cachet to be able to to. Uh, he, and to he absolutely that. should. Yes, he you should know, to, to veto that. What he should have done was did what Roman did with Suffer and Succotash and look at the hard camera and just wink. Or yeah. just like kind of shrug like, 
I said the damn line. <laughs> this is garbage. This is garbage. You know it. I know it. Break the fourth wall and let's move Dean, on. Dean even talks about it in his fucking book. He's like, you're not saying that, are you? He's like, oh, I guess I kind of have to. Well, at that time, Roman didn't have that cachet. Well, here's my thing. 2022 with... Tribal Chief Roman Reigns ain't saying that shit. All right, well, no. here's, here's my thing with the Suffering Sucker Dash thing, right? All right. If it wasn't for wrestling Twitter, no one would give a shit. And okay. that is fact. And it's kind of like look. the camera cuts. If they uh, hadn't, if somebody hadn't made a big deal about the camera cuts on wrestling Twitter, nobody would give a shit about the camera cuts. Because listen, I, I watched the episode. He said suffering sucker tash, and not even I did not remember that he ever said that. I I but had Twitter remembers. Yes, but I, I had, because I saw people on Twitter saying, I had a suffering sucker tash. I was like, but when did he say that? <laughs> um, like, when did, I, like, when did that happen? And, you know, of course, and then people will explain it to you. And I'm like, like, and then, and this is, this is my usual reaction to a lot of things. Like, y'all are mad about that? Really? Two words in a, a, in a promo from a, a couple of months ago? Y'all are mad about that? And then on top of that, and this is one of my little pet peeves, because whenever somebody says, I don't have a problem with them, I just have a problem with the booking, they're full of shit. Okay. Yep. No, you, that's you know, the worst take you, of all no, time. No, do you know why? Do you know why they're full of shit? Because they say that, and then they immediately dump all over the person. They, yeah. Okay. They will tell you, you know, 15 things wrong. Like, they will say, well, I, I didn't really have a problem with John Cena. I didn't like the booking. Then they'll name like 15 things they hate about John Cena. And these are the people that you can tell have never had a real job because show of hands around the room, if your boss has told you to do some shit and you looked at that and said, well, that sucks, but they're paying whatever. the bills, so I got to go ahead and do the thing. And then, you know, and then so people said, people said that about John Cena, right? Oh, I don't have a problem with him. I just have a problem with the way he's booked. And, but then, and, then they, and, then, and then they say 10 things bad about John Cena right after that. So, yes, you do have a problem with John Cena. Okay. You know what's amazing is and, the John Cena hate, and I don't mean to take a side road here. I went to an indie show. A lady friend of mine was dating an indie wrestler here, probably about we're going back about four or five years ago, and he put on a show locally. And uh, they invited me to show up, and I, you know, they let me tool around in the ring a little bit, take some bumps and stuff like that. I took my daughter with me, and you know, she filmed a couple of matches. But we were hanging out there, and before the show, we were watching. The, oh, here he goes. He's refilling. AJ's refilling. Oh yeah. <laughs> So we're we're out there <clears throat> just watching them set up the ring, and some of the guys are going through their spots and, you know, just talking. Some of the workers are out there, and we're just kind of doing our thing. And there was a kid running the merch table, and he had a um, – I can't believe I'm even going to utter this name on my podcast or our podcast, but he had a Will Ospreay shirt on. Yeah, yeah, I know, dude. It's like I, I got to take a sip of my drink just to wash the taste out of my mouth. He was an abused child. <laughs> So one of the workers looked at him and he's like, ah, glad to see you have a real wrestler's shirt on and not that John Cena shit this time. And, and I, I'm looking around and like suddenly like my respect level for this entire show, like dropped down into the basement and, and not that <laughs> I'm going to sit here and like defend John Cena. But as a worker, if you can't at least look at John Cena and appreciate what that guy did in the ring, I got nothing for you. And they do the same thing. A lot of people did the same thing with Roman Reigns. You know, it's, it's the same type of parallel. 
Yeah, and so people also, say what? Well, also, for I, those people who, I just hate the booking. I just hate the booking. All right, dude, Mr. Independent Wrestler who working at this, you know, Elks Lodge or wherever you were, DJ. It was uh, a Harley-Davidson well, parking lot, buddy. There you go. That's oh. better or worse. Right. <laughs> that's, dude, it, it, was, it was the Outlaw Mud Show of Outlaw Mud Shows. <laughs> so, hey, Mr. Independent Wrestler, you know, who's been slumming it on the road, you know, for two years or however long you've been doing this. Hi, would you like to come to WWE and be a fucking superhero? What wrestler is going to turn down that booking? What wrestler is going to be like, hey, you know, let me tell you something. As as a former independent wrestler, they'll tell you on social media and on podcasts, I'd never go work for WWE bullshit. Every single one of them, if they got the opportunity and they got the call, because they all line up when they do the tryouts. Oh, yeah. Free, free publicity. My name goes out there. Uh, people know what my face is. I, I don't care if I have to wear a cape, a unitard. A, a, eh. Just being a, a job guy on an episode of Raw or an episode of SmackDown increases your value on the indies. Well, and every what, one of them knows it. They had James Ellsworth as an entire storyline for AJ Styles because he jobbed out the freaking Braun Strowman one month. Yep. Right. Oh, look, we can, or even, look, every, like, almost, like, anytime Brock beat junk, beat, beats up a bunch of guys, those guys are out there posting on Twitter, like, later on that night. Like, look, this is where he got me right here. He gave me the F5 right here. I wish I mean, I, Brock Lesnar would F5 me. I'd go back into wrestling tomorrow if they told me that's what my job was going to be. I mean, it, without fail, look, those guys are always posting on Twitter, like, later on that night. See, look. Look, I, I put my hand on Brock right here. I almost had him. Or this is where he threw me over the top rope. Look at this. I'm So those guys are just happy as hell just to be in there and get on TV for a couple of seconds. But right. and you're seriously, you look me in the eye and tell me that Roman Reigns or John Cena or whoever, or Goldberg or whoever should have walked in the office and gone, gone, hey, boss, you know what? I should probably lose a little more. Right. And Exactly. You know, so they they say that about you know they were saying that about John Cena. Oh, I don't I don't mind him. It's just I don't like the booking. And then and then again, then they insult John Cena for like a whole you know they say ten bad things about John Cena, and they do the same thing about Roman Reigns. You know, well I don't you know, I don't well I don't mind Roman. I just don't like the booking. And then of course, there's one other wrestler that they do that about. I won't mention. Or, you know, right now. Oh, okay. Yep. Mo- but, moving you know. on from that. Moving on. We've already had the, the queen just had her time. Uh, on our uh, oh, okay. boy. Okay. But anyway. <laughs> anyway. All in all, though, man, I thought the match, the, the match with Drew and Kevin Owens was freaking awesome. Like, oh, I love watching two man. big dudes beat the hell out of each other. Oh, it was, oh, it was, yeah, it was cool. It was awesome in the building, too. I mean, I mean, yeah. And for that to be just basically an unannounced, impromptu thing. Um, well, because first when Kevin first came out there, everybody was like, oh, we're doing this? Okay. And, you know, then they did the promo thing. And and then I thought, well, well they're, they're not going to have an actual match here or something. You know, Jimmy and Jay are going to come out here. They're going to beat him up or whatever. But then they had an actual match. And then, well, Jimmy and Jay, of course, did come out there eventually. But not before they had an actual match and they went through all the different things. And have they ever had a match in WWE? That I'm aware of, no. Yeah, and, that, and that's the other thing. It's like, well, well you know, because they haven't fought each other. It, 
as far as we know. And so for that to be just like an impromptu match, basically, um, that I mean, yeah, everybody was like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. And I mean, and it, again, it was excellent. And you know, the DQ finish was right because I mean, you can do that match on a pay per view sometimes. Sometimes you don't need to, you know, you don't need to have a giveaway an ending here. Right. Right. But well, leaves you wanting more. Like right. now, I want to see these guys go again. Yeah. All right. Oh. It was an awesome. It was an awesome match, though. It was. Yeah. It was. I I'm very much excited for the Kevin Owens, the Prize Fighter, returning. Um, so, it seems like uh, uh, Papa Papa H is uh, doing doing so his boys a solid, a couple of solids. Yeah. I'm going to around the Triple H again in a minute because I do want to get everybody's opinions on something. But I I want to go around the room here real quick. We've talked a little bit about Judgment Day here, and it seemed like for a while Judgment Day was turning into Retribution 2.0. It seems like maybe they're starting to course correct a little bit. Um, Rob, live, how was the the actual genuine live reaction to um, to Judgment Day? Was it was it like a real pop, or did we get the, the 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 much maligned canned audience on TV? It was. It was okay. Um, okay. And then now they they started they did the what to, I think to Damian Priest a little bit when they he was did. Talking. Yeah. Um, well, because look, I've been saying this for a while. Look, the, the, what makes all the judge when the Judgment Day stuff really hits, it's always something with Edge involved. Okay. Um, and I'm talking, you know, because like I pointed, I've mentioned that before with like the traffic numbers and all of that stuff. Um, them by them, them without Edge involved in some kind of type of way is usually different than when he's not when it's just them. Yeah. Now, this, now they've been you now the stuff with Ray and Dominic has been a bit of a you know that's been a little better because well because Ray is somebody you can get a reaction for beating the crap out of. Uh, basically. I think people are enjoying watching them beat up Dom. I mean, I know I am. So I, I, I think people are just enjoying Rhea beating up Dom. Let's be yeah. honest here. Okay, yeah, the but, that. but um, but basically, it's it still comes down to basically is Edge involved or is not? I mean, whether Edge is fighting them or Edge was with them, the stuff that really hits for them is stuff that involves him some kind of way. Yeah. Um, when it's just them without him, it doesn't hit the same. It doesn't hit, and it doesn't hit the same in the building. Um, but I mean, it's not something I would say they got to, I wouldn't tell them to pull the plug on it, but I would be very, if I'd be very surprised that this time next year, they haven't gone their separate ways. Um, yeah, I just, I just, I don't think this is going to be able to, you know, they'll get through this thing with edge and then maybe they'll some more stuff. Um, they'll get to next year and, you know, look, I don't think they'll have, they may, you know, they may not have like some type of violent breakup or anything, but you know, I I could see it just kind of quietly wound down next year or sometime maybe. Um, okay. and and well, just to, and also I guess it depends on what happens with the draft. I mean, because I mean, we'll put it if if they're really if they're really just like going to pull the plug on it, then you just draft them to different shows. I mean, right? I mean, yeah, that would be a quick that would be a that would be a very easy way if they if they do just. 
if they have decided like, okay, we're going to get through this as fast as we can, then yeah, you just draft members of different shows. But if that does not happen, then my guess is that you know it go, you know they they'll continue, they'll finish the thing with Edge, they'll go on a little bit longer, and then they'll just kind of quietly maybe end up doing different things next year or sometime. It I'd be surprised if it again. I'd be surprised if at this point next year they're still together and they're still a thing. Okay. Jason, is Judgment Day yes. hitting for you yet, or are you still uh, – is this still Retribution 2.0? Uh, I don't know, man. Because when Ray ambushed them and, like – I mean, uh, yeah, they, they got they got Ray and they beat the hell out of him and whatnot. But still, like, and I know Ray is a legend, so I got a little gun shy when they first, when Ray first jumped into the ring and, he, like, drop kicked them both and then started beating them up. I was like, we're doing this again? They're just friggin' goons? But then they got him and they hit him with the chair spot, which I don't know how Finn doesn't shatter his ankles doing that, by the way. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely losing steam is the, uh, the, the, Choice of words I would use. Okay. AJ, do you think it's salvageable? It could be salvageable if they maybe put a title on one of them. I don't know what, but yeah, at this point, they're kind of falling flat on their face. Maybe Edge reveals, ha, I was working with them all along, but that's played out. So I don't, I really don't know how you can revive or restore any credibility that this has but i know everyone on twitter just loves the fact that they want to be a mysterio with rhea ripley and that's i'm yeah. not disagreeing with that yeah oh yeah. uh, well i think the big the difference between them and like retribution is who's in the group now yeah. um, like you have people like these are all established well-liked people in the group here yeah. whereas in retribution you had i mean like we all love ali but you had, but even before they got to him being revealed in the group, um, they had like Shane Thorne, who nobody cares about, and um, you know, Dijak, that's your boy Jason, and I like him a lot too. But he wasn't really. W- that- no, don't worry about it, dude. WWE didn't give you a reason to care about him, and then they okay. just threw him out there. So okay, and he, yeah. he was definitely a star in a bubble. Yeah, and then even you know, sure. Mia Yim. I mean, she debuted under the damn mask on the main roster, so they didn't give you anything from her either. Um, yeah. And you know, she's one of my favorites, and I, I that pissed me off to no end. But with Retribution, they stuck a bunch of people that the main roster audience largely didn't know or didn't care about. Um, here, these are all people that we that the main that, you know people on the main roster audience has all seen and rooted for or against at some time or point or another, and that's. I think that's what's keeping it afloat. If you had the same, if you had the same group of people doing this that were, put it this way, Rhea, Damian, and Finn probably might have gotten retribution over, but Jack, Shane Thorne, and Mia under a mask would not be getting, would not be afloat doing the Judgment Day thing. It it matters who it is. Yeah. So it's yeah. a it's it's afloat because of who's in it. But other than that, like the only time it really takes off is when they when Edge is involved some type of way. 
Which I, he, he still could is the weird thing with the Mysterios. He still could because he has the kind of bond with the Mysterios from the past, if they ever want to show that. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna agree with you there because if anyone remembers Punishment Martinez from ROH, I do. Yes, I do. I didn't really care for him then. Damian Priest, I care for him. And I've I've said that before here that that that. I would have never imagined that Punishment Martinez, Punishment Martinez from ROH would be this guy. <laughs> I, I'm gonna kind of sli- like I agree with where your points are, but I'm gonna slightly disagree with the fact, and only from my own personal perspective on this thing. I didn't need any one of these three, and say I'd say four with Edge. None of these people needed to be in a faction. They're selling this whole thing originally with Edge, where I'm taking these people under my wing to help elevate them. Rhea Ripley was already there. Damian Priest was almost there. Like I, <clears throat> when they brought him in as a babyface on the main roster, and he had that U.S. Championship run, it was awesome. Where it started to fall apart with me was when they started trying to do the dual personality thing, and it just was not clicking. Um, I, I wasn't feeling that, but I don't really feel like he was anything that needed this faction to try and reintroduce him to the audience in any particular way. And it's it's not like an NWO situation where the NWO, like I said, if, if it wasn't an established bunch of stars that started the NWO, that never works. Like it worked because you had Hall, you had Nash, you had Hogan, you had the intrigue behind all of that. It worked, but with these guys – even if that's kind of the idea you were going for, it falls apart because you made them look like chumps in the first month. Like it was hot. It was great. Edge was a part of it. And then I realized plans changed, pal. Cody Rhodes getting injured changed a lot of shit for the next six months. And I have a feeling that was probably influential in removing Edge from this group. But I never felt like Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley needed to be part of a group. And well, so for me, this this whole thing was kind of it was lost on me from day one. Well, well and me, the big thing is the mentor. They, they they added Finn, and then they kind of kept the mentor student thing going. And I'm like, you're gonna mentor Finn Balor? That dude does not need a mentor in the wrestling industry. Now, I yeah, think that I, may have been a Vinceism. And then, well, yeah. the other thing is that, well, well, basically, so. Rhea needed something to do because up until that point, the title picture was already occupied with Becky and Bianca, and then Oscar was in with them too. So, like the title picture had been was occupied. Um, she had already broken up with Nikki with the tag team thing, so she kind of she needed something to do. But she had something. She was teamed up with Liv, and it was working. But well, but they weren't champions though, and they weren't going to win the championship because Sasha and Naomi were champions. So they, uh, they could have also, down the road. You could have ran hey, for a few more months. Um, hey, they had other plans for Liv though. Well, I mean, after, yeah. like, after half the women left, yeah, I mean, but um, I, I agree with Rob's assessment. Liv was a uh, a fortunate <laughs> victim of circumstance. Yeah, uh, but, I mean that's true. Um, but yeah. Put it this way. Um, well, because all right. But just like if you look at like Rhea, Rhea didn't have anything to do, um, and she needed something to do. She's not like you don't stick her in catering. You don't have her chasing the twenty four seven title. Hell no. 
right, so she's there. I actually wanted to refresh myself because this goes into your point. Dude, I was like, she's a former champion. What is going on? She's not even a former champion. She's won almost everything there is to win there. WWE Raw Women's Champion, WWE Women's Tag Team Champion, NXT Women's Champion, NXT UK Champion. Yeah. um, She just needs a SmackDown. Yeah, and well, and yeah, it's just, just, yeah, um, well, but, but like I said, she didn't have anything to do because all the spots were occupied um, right. for, for things. So, and look, Edge just may have wanted to work with her also because I know like Edge and Beth have talked highly of her and all of that. So they just may have wanted to do something with her. Well, they, they did have, remember back at Mania, they had that moment where everyone was on the stage and Vince was giving, giving his welcome to WrestleMania and Rhea's there. And she's like, okay, this is cool, and, you know, whatever. And, like, she caught Edge's eye, and Edge just winked at her. Like, this is, hey, kid, this is your first mania, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. just gave her a wink. And she just, like, completely fell apart. Mm-hmm. So they were, cause, you know, Edge is winking me on the stage of WrestleMania. Yeah, so I'm thinking. Yeah, uh, sort of connection, for sure. So I think it's a com- combination of those two things. Um, and... But right now, well, I mean, I mean, the thing is, right now, she still needs something to do because, well, Bianca is now occupied with Bailey in that group. Um, now, and, um, you know, right now, there are no women's tag team championships right now. Well, there are no women's tag team champions right now. Um, you know, and well, who knows? Maybe if, if the Judgment Day thing didn't happen, maybe she might be SmackDown Women's Champion right now instead. Um, but she was already, you know, but then, you know, everything's happened. She got, she did get an injury also. Um, but I mean, I don't think it's bad at all. I mean, but it's just, it's just kind of just, I don't know. It, it hasn't reached that, that kind of next level of like taking over the Federation, you know, kind of thing. Right. And which, you know, I mean, a faction like that is always like that's always supposed to be like the main, you know, the the end game is that they take over the Fed, right? And then or something, and yeah, they just they you know they haven't got they haven't gotten to that type of level. I don't think they're going to. But I mean, it's it's perfectly fine television for the three of them to come out there and beat people up or whatever and have matches. It's, it's perfectly fine television. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not you know yeah. they you know they're not like I'm not you know when they come out there it's not like oh get them out of here Ugh. you know it's not bad. Yeah, but the thing is, wh- what have they done other than kick Edge out of the group and beat up the Mysterios? Because I, to my belief, I'm not saying this is absolute, but to my belief, it felt like Edge wanted to make like a new brood where he's he's the Gangrel and he's like I'm gonna make sure that these people go on top. Damien Priest is perfectly fine as a United States or even Intercontinental Champion. Who knows, maybe he might even make a World Championship run. And Rhea is a dominant women's champion. She's going to make sure that everything else happens. I'm just here to guide them to make sure that they stay that way. And then it just, from all the reports of the dirtiest of dirt sheets, Vince wanted to make it supernatural. And that was not flying in Edge's book. And then Cody got hurt. And then X amount of Y happened. Yeah. They could have been something, but now they're just kind of... 
into the frying pan and into a freezer. Part of the narrative with me is you had the pay-per-view, okay, with the Mysterios versus Judgment Day, and it ends with the Mysterios winning, okay? And the commentators are, oh, the Mysterios finally got the revenge. However, the Mysterios won on the Monday Night Raw go-home show. So what exactly did we gain here? You know, it, it's right. like okay, they, they won the battle and they lost the battle, but won the war. And I, I don't know. It, they, but they didn't lose the battle, is the thing, because the battle was on Monday Night Raw, so they won the battle, and then they come back six days later and win the war. And, and Judgment Day just looked ridiculous for it. And it, this, the booking on that part has not helped them at all. This I hate is one of the times. I hate the booking. I don't hate the people. There you go. I was yeah. about to say, I was like, this is one of the times where it actually might be true. And, and, and if we were on DWI, the bell would ring. Oh, and, uh, All and, uh, right. Don't and, make fun uh, of our poverty podcast. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> well, and another thing I think is, this is another example of um, the kind of log jam of having, you know, a, an undisputed champion. Like if the world title was, you know, free to be won or lost on Monday Night Raw, then you have something there for Finn or Damien to, you know, you could have them win that or go after it even. And then the kind of threat of them, the, the threat of them taking over Monday Night Raw is more serious if one of them could actually get towards the world title, right? But that's kind of off the, basically that's off the board right now. So... Until, you know, and, and again, like having, you know, like, look, me and Jason both love that Roman Reigns is the undisputed champion, but having like the world title tied up like that basically eliminates the ultimate prize for people on Raw, which in turn. Puts, puts, they have yeah. messed up royally. When Rob and I are fantasy booking ways to get the WWE championship off of Roman, Rob and I. Our fantasy booking, Roman Reigns losing a championship. And oh, we're dead serious about it. Like you've you've gone so far into like, hey, you you this was a terrible decision. Well, I because well, I've said this on Twitter that, that the whole two belts thing is good for the one it's good for the pose at the end of the match where the person is holding up two belts. And then the very next show, you know, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> okay. There's a, whole, there's a whole lot of now what? Yeah, and exactly. I mean, it's it's great for the visual. They're holding up the two belts. They're walking to the back. They got the two belts up in the air. I mean, it's it's a great visual. And then the next night or the next show on TV is like, okay, well now what do we do? And and so you either you know you do like Roman has been just defending both of them at the same time, and then you know with. Becky, she like the one pay per view she had to defend. She had to defend both of them in separate matches, and she lost yep. the second one. She lost the second one. Um, <laughs> well, so, uh, you're really that. trying to get that dig in there, aren't you? But anyway, uh, anyway, uh, but anyway, but anyway, uh, back yeah. back to the back what? to the okay back to the point. Greg's going to get mad at me because I've said it too many times now. I know. <laughs> um, so, all right, Greg, I won't I won't mention it anymore. Okay, Greg. But all right. But the two belts thing is it's it's it makes for a great visual, 
when they're walking, when it's, when it's the end of WrestleMania and they're walking up the aisle holding the two belts, right? And, you know, Daniel Bryant, same thing. He, you know, in, in WrestleMania 30, he's got two belts doing the yes thing, all right? It's great. For, it, is, it is a great visual. It makes for a great picture. Um, same thing with Jimmy and Jay. It, Jimmy and Jay look great walking out there with the red and the blue belt. You know, each of them having it. But ultimately, it gums up the works. Um, so... And I think Judgment Day is kind of one of those kind of kind of a more indirect victim of that because they're the faction that's supposed to be taking over the show, but there's no pathway for them to get to the what's supposed to be the ultimate prize on the show, right? Because like with, with the NWO, you know, it's we're here to take over, and a month or two later, Hogan wins the world championship, and that's the big symbol that yes, we have taken over. Um, and this has happened in, you know, territories all over the place. I mean, like the Freebirds and the UWF, you know, they showed up and then Terry Gordy wins the first UWF championship. And that's the big symbol that, okay, these guys are running the territory here. You know, and Adam Cole, the Undisputed Era, right? I mean, that was the, you know, when, when, when he finally got the NXT title and then it was, you know, four guys, four belts. That was the, you know, getting the big prize was the symbol that, yeah, they've taken over. Or even look with Mandy and Toxic Attraction, right? I mean, you know, she won the women's title, right? Uh, if the women's title was being held by somebody on a, some, you know, historic run and, and she had no shot at winning it, then Toxic Attraction taking over NXT is not a thing, right? Right. Um, so for them to even have a shot at taking over the show, somebody there has to at least be in a serious program for like the world title. Right. And but but that's off the table. So that kind of hinders the faction from the beginning. Right. And and, and, also, I think they're also very, very lucky that Roman Reigns is such a lovely and beloved character, because if the unthinkable happens on in September over in the UK, that show is going to get. It is going to get to be a slog real fast all the way to the Rumble. If Drew McIntyre is holding those two belts all hostage, whoo boy. I'm hoping something changes before then, and it, either Drew's not going to win or uh, something. But I feel like the, the, the factions that are supposed to be taking over and just end up not is, is a kind of a leftover Vince McMahon trope when you think of – because he never wants to commit to his guys losing. And you, I, I go back to like the, the uh, WCW takeover. Part of the reason the WCW takeover failed was because, one, they didn't have any other than Booker T. There were very few money-making bankable stars that they actually got. All the big names they didn't get under contract. But they came in and almost immediately WCW's team is losing. Like they're losing to The Rock. They're losing to Stone Cold. They're losing yeah. to Triple H. And you automatically kill any momentum these guys have. But it's because Vince doesn't want his people to look bad. And I realized, you know, it was Vince's way of finally burying WCW. But it just killed what could have been a really good story. And I feel like you're kind of – historically, they did the same thing with the Nexus. The Nexus was supposed to be this big faction, was supposed to be this dominant thing. And they just never dominated. And now here we are with Judgment Day. And the list could go on and on with, you know – factions that they've done this to 
I, I hope under Triple H's watch, if they're going to do this, let's see it through. You know, let your top people take a beating. Let your top people take a loss once in a while and, and make this team, make people care about this team. You know, well, beyond, we, okay, I really like Rhea Ripley, but what's she doing here? Or well, I really we, like Damian Priest, but what's he doing here? That's I, that's I really thing. like Finn, but when are we getting the demon back? Because that's where I'm at with everything personally right now mm-hmm. with, you know, you know, the with this faction is, you know, okay, I, I'm trying to like it, but I like them all individually better but even even when edge was even when edge was the leader right edge's hall of famer etc etc if he's leading a faction he should be going after the world title yes yeah so they they so he creates the faction and he's not going after the world title and so that kind of kind of blunted their direction from the beginning because mr hall of famer what are you forming this faction for Right. I mean, I mean, I, ma- I like them. Well, oh, and c- because, look, it makes perfect sense. I'm forming this faction because Roman has Jimmy and Jay. So I need two guys and a girl who can beat up guys. You know, I need people behind me. Right. Because Roman's got Jimmy and Jay. My people now and now I can go get them, particularly since he tried to get him by himself and, and didn't work. And right. they were on opposite shows. <laughs> right. They but, already lose that that opportunity. Right. But but now just I'm forming this faction. I'm Edge. I'm the Hall of Famer. I'm forming this faction. And we're going to wrestle. And we're going to beat a few people up. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and that's, that's, that's all it is. And so there was no big lofty goal you know, to start with, other than just, you know, well, I'm going to give these promos. We're going to beat people up. We're going to have matches. And I mean, that's, and that's, and it just so happens that this faction is full of people that we all like. Yeah. And that's why it's not a total failure. But I mean, because otherwise, I mean, if you're going to do the faction thing, the leader has to win the world title or the leader has to already be the world champion. Like when the four horsemen came together. Right. I mean, right. They, I mean, they all had belts already, and it was just, well, shit, we're all really awesome dudes. We all got belts. You know, we should stick together, and that'll, you know, and run and run the territory. Right. I mean, if yeah, and then and then, I mean, and then the NWO Hogan was the top guy in the company to start with. What? So you didn't need, you know, I mean, so them forming the faction, yes, they can take over immediately because the the top guy is already there, right? Um, cool. The timeline is a little fuzzy for me, but didn't, you know, the Shield get outed as Punk's dudes and yes. then become U.S. Yes. champion and tag team champion? Right. Yep. Right. And then well, they so came he, out and so, attacked The Rock in, in his well, match with, with Punk. Yeah, exactly. So they, they served their purpose, and then as soon as it's like, okay, we don't have a, a direction for you, well, just win some friggin' belts and, and prance around and act like you're the best things in sliced bread. Okay, well, there you and, go. And now, and now they were kind of because that was what twenty, you know, twenty twelve, twenty thirteen. Um, well, Crap. because and it was, yeah, I mean, a long time it was ago. That long ago? Wow. Whew. Yeah, dude. I'm sitting. He just told me that. I'm like, holy shit, that has been almost ten years, hasn't it? But and that look, is I mean, Dillinger years ago. Yeah, but, uh, but do I want to make people feel old right now? Good. Fire away. But I was still in high school when that happened. 
Dude. Oh, come on. Oh, yeah, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> Officially, as of tonight, you're not the baby of the show anymore. Uh, good grief. <laughs> I am 26 <laughs> years old. Uh, but, but, okay. <laughs> but in the Shields case, though, but look who was in that group, right? You had the guy who was going to run the territory anyway, Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. And then another guy who's had a turn. And you had two other guys who also had turns, not necessarily running the territory, but <clears throat> at the top. So them kind of ascending as a faction was, I mean, it was because of who was in it, right? And because of the, and also they came in at a time where the roster was about as thin as it could be. Well, it, it serves a purpose. Cause like you were saying, super powerful, legendary dude starts to form a faction. It's probably cause of win a belt. Well, this faction showed up and they fulfilled their purpose because the purpose was, Actually, Punk was forming the faction, and he wanted backup. Well, right. that purpose was now fulfilled. So what do we do now? Oh, I know. We just win a bunch of belts. Right. And then, but, that's wrestling, Bubba. Right. So now this, this Judgment Day thing, they're just, um, you, know, you know, Priest and Balor could, why are they not trying to be tag team champions, you know, or, or something? Why? And then again, from the beginning... For for Edge, the leader, the Hall of Fame leader of the faction, the guy who came back at the Royal Rumble after nine years and all that stuff, the guy who already tried to beat Roman Reigns the year before, for them to for him to form this group and then it's just like, yeah, we're just here. I mean, that kind of I don't know, cut the legs off from under it before yeah. it really got going well, and um, well, because actually now I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna quote. Quote Mr. Uh, James E. Cornett here for a minute here. Um, he was talking about managers, right? And uh, his point was, there's no point in having a manager to to manage mid card or underneath people, right? The point of having a manager is to manage somebody to, you know, the world championship or main events or something. Because why on earth would you have the manager? Why would you? Why would you hire a manager if you're just going to be in the mid card, right? Um, so it's kind of the same thing here. You know, why do this? Um, if you're going, if you're just going to have matches and beat people up, why do this? Um, yeah, and, that makes sense. And that's kind of where we are here. And and that was, you know, and of course. So I mean, it's nice seeing them together. They all they look they all look good together in the ring. I mean, right? I mean, oh, they look spectacular. Yeah, and and it's again, it's perfectly fine television. It's you know, um, but there's no real end game or end goal here for them. Especially with no with you know with no world title there, there's no end game or end goal, um, and it's just you know and yeah it's just it, they're just kind of there and again they, you know they're good looking people they're nice to look at and and all and that's really kind of the saving grace to it probably you know more than you know more than anything is that I mean they're all good workers and you know they're good looking people and yeah. so it's fine when they come out there. But, um, but yeah, there's no really lofty goal or anything, you know, I mean, behind it. Yeah. So let's move on from Judgment Day. We spent probably a bit more time there than we should have. want to move into uh, kind of Lashley and AJ Styles. And it's insane to me that these guys, and we're going to, we, we've uh, kind of triggered, triggered Greg DeMarco. We're going to trigger uh, Tunney a little bit and talk some TNA impact. Because I know he loves that, and right about now, right about now, we'd be going to commercial break. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> commercial break. If Tony was here, he would 
to skip the subject in general. What are you talking about? He, he absolutely would skip huh. to somebody else. All right, Rob, you're next. But um, <laughs> and and I during this time period, I was not watching TNA Impact or anything like that. Did AJ Styles and Lashley never lock horns? Apparently not. No, they uh, have never. Apparently not. When when Bobby Lashley came into TNA, it was around 2009, and he was like the boss, and he was taking out the main stable of Kurt Angle, <laughs> the main event mafia. He never clashed horns with AJ. AJ was part of Fortune. All that happened. When Bobby started getting more headway and AJ was the world champion on his second reign in TNA, AJ was leaving. Bobby was coming in. That's wow. crazy that they never locked up. And for a couple guys that never locked up, they had a hell of a match Monday night. Yeah. Like a hell of a good physical match. And, you know, AJ Styles pushing, was he 42 years old now, I think. Yeah. Um, just to be out there with a heavy hitter. And, you know, Lashley's older, but Lashley still, you know, Lashley's Lashley. The guy, the hitting the guy is like hitting a freaking concrete wall, and he's yeah. twice the size of AJ Styles. For so for AJ to be out there running and bumping like he was for for Bobby Lashley was incredible. It was it was fun to watch Monday night. Oh yeah, and it, it was a lot of fun to see in the building too. And and again, that 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 transition, that counter from the calf crusher into the hurt lock was just outstanding. I mean, yeah, if you're going to have a match with anyone ever that will look authentic and good, and I'm not just trying to say that because this is the man that actually brought me back into professional wrestling, but if you're going to have a good match, AJ Styles is your guy. Oh, wait, yeah. CM, Punk, CM Punk didn't bring you back into wrestling? <laughs> I, th- I, thought CM, I thought CM Punk brought everybody back into wrestling. He did. And he made people love to watch wrestling again. They were, we're not ashamed to be wrestling fans anymore because CM Punk has made the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and CM like Punk that, saved... I finished my drink. Yeah. <laughs> CM go, Punk man. saved wrestling, everybody. <laughs> okay. And I'm the Pope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Your eminence. <laughs> Uh, My only thing is, like, why didn't they just swap that match to the main event and put Theory and Ziggy in that in that slot? Here's my theory, and I told you guys this in the the Discord chat, and I'm sure I'll get corrected if I'm wrong. Um, There's a steep drop off in the third hour, and a marquee match like Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles, you want to get that in front of as many. TV, this was booked for TV. Obviously, you know, you're booking it for the live crowd, too. This was booked for the TV crowd, and it was conveniently placed at the 10 o'clock hour to try and get as many viewers to spill over from – because people aren't – no, even if it's AJ and, and um, Lashley, Rob had people leaving the building. People check out in the third hour, and you want to try and drag as many people from 10 o'clock into 11 o'clock hour as you can – I really think that was strategically placed there for a reason. And I'm not saying people weren't going to watch Ziggler and Theory, but obviously as many people weren't going to. I I think that was strategically placed there. I guess my only only thing with that is is that they put the big moment in the last half hour plenty of times. Um, You know, I remember when Big E cashed in last year, it was was at the end of the show. you know, there were other things, and there's another cash in happening at the end of the show. We don't want to talk about it from last year, but um, but oh, they, well, why don't we talk about it, Rob? Um, <laughs> it's a sore subject with because, Rob. because it was it was 
of travesty. But anyway, <laughs> um, moving on. Anyway, right, exactly. Because you don't don't get me started. Okay, but <laughs> but they, I mean, they, they put you know when when Bobby beat Miz to become world champion, it was at the last part of the show last year. So they will do that. This is just to me. This is just weird. Um. Because those of us who were leaving, we, we were leaving at 1030 because Bobby and AJ were done. If if we had to stay to 11 to see the end of Bobby and AJ, I think we would have all done it. Um, yeah. Yep. So this was just kind of, to me, this was, it was weird. It was a very weird, I mean, now, you know what though? I mean, I'm in hindsight, I'm glad you did it because I got home at 1130. I mean, so. Naturally. Right. So thank you, Hunter, for doing this as bizarre as it is. But, um. Yeah, um, and, and it's kind of another thing that um, kind of coming out of this. Uh, our, our our good friend, you know, Brian Alvarez, <laughs> of all people, was, you know, lamenting the loss of the variety show. Um, you know, and was lamenting that they were, you know, they have, well, now they have, they've had all these long matches for the last few weeks and having, you know, even good matches, having long matches for the sake of long matches, you know, uh, what's going on here? Um, Ask me again why I can't take those fucking clowns seriously. And They complain because there's not enough wrestling, and then they complain because there's wrestling. They're like, shut up. Yeah, and... Uh, no news is good news? I don't know. Um. Well, <clears throat> but to that note, so I did, uh, you know, I did my little you know, research nerd thing here. And so for the last few weeks, there have been, there really have been a lot of long matches on Monday Night Raw. Um, on August 1st, there was, okay, there was Seth and Montez went 10 and a half minutes. Ciampa over Gable and Ziggler went 10 and a half minutes. Bianca and EO went 17. Ciampa and AJ went 14. And then Jimmy and Jay and then Dom and Ray went almost 16. That's all in one show. That's a lot. <laughs> that's uh, a lot of wrestling for a WWE show. Um, that's what, I mean, that's a lot of long matches. And then, but then last Monday, August 8th, which was my sister's birthday, by the way. Happy belated birthday, Lori. Um, here we go. Happy and birthday. So last week, Finn and Ray went 13. Uh, Dakota and EO versus Dana and Tamina went 10. Bobby and Ciampa went 12. And then at the end, AJ and Miz went 12. So that's again, that's one, two, three, four matches that went over 10 minutes last week. And now taking us to this week, we got. All right, uh, Bliss and Asuka versus Dewdrop and Nikki went nine minutes. So that's almost ten. Champa and Miz, Cedric and Ali went nine and a half minutes. Drew and Kevin went just short of 14. Bobby and AJ went 21, almost 22 minutes. And then Theory and Ziggler went 16. So that's hey, three how, weeks. How, how that's a lot. That, uh, how long did the Dakota match go for? <laughs> <laughs> Two a little over two minutes. Ah, wow! So That's not bad for a squash match. Yeah. Um. Uh, so we're we're looking at <laughs> we're looking at anywhere faster. From, yeah, we're looking at like 
four anywhere anywhere from four or five matches every week that are going over ten minutes or just short of ten minutes. Um, that's a lot, and so I hate to give I hate to give any type of nod to Brian Alvarez, but he's not entirely wrong here. Um, but again, that's a lot. That's a lot of long. I'm not giving him any nod. I'm not giving him any time. Cause this is the same kind of guy who leads the charge and I'm not defending Vince, but how long have we sat here and defended the sports entertainment show? And these guys have sat there on, you know, the observer lamenting over Vince's booking style and, you know, the, the segments and, you know, they want the wrestling and it's, they can, no, it, he gets no, he gets no quarter from me. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. So, so, you know, so like when I give praise, like when I acknowledge something that's objectively good about Hulk Hogan, we'll, we always have to preface it with fuck Terry Belia. So, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that makes sense. No, no, no. That's perfectly understandable. Yeah. Cause I mean, so here, he has a point here, but fuck Brian Alvarez. Um, right. Now, but to the larger point, though, I mean. It's like everyone defending everyone's favorite wrestling uncle. Yeah. But um, to, so, but to the point here of this, um, do we think this is potentially a problem going forward if, if, if this continues? Well, let's use that as a segue into the last segment here. It's been about a month. Let's go around the room here and kind of give an early grade to Triple H's creative. And Rob, since you were you were on this, let's start with you. Okay. Um, the stuff that he okay, I would give him an A for the things that he has put on television. Okay. Now, but if I were his professor, I would pull him to the side and say, okay, son, um, you're getting some, you're getting, you're doing really well, but I've noticed, you know, that there might be, there are a couple of things you might want to look at because we got a long semester here. And one thing is like those, having those so many long matches, um, it becomes it's great. After three weeks, it's great. Um, after six months, if you're still having four and five long matches every week, after six months, you know the 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 you know the shine may not be there on that. But I'm not going to call that a problem right now. That's something where you need where if you're him, you need to be you know thinking three and four steps ahead. And the other thing is so far, you know, no R truth. Well, come on, brother. I mean, um, but I'll give him an A for right now. I know, I know I'm rambling here. Like I always do. I'll give him an A for right now. If I were a professor, he's right now, he's the kid that is getting A's on all his homework assignments. And you know, and maybe maybe you notice a couple of things that you 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 as a teacher might, you know, make have a little issue with, but the guy's getting A's on all his homework right now, so you're not really going to make a big fuss about anything. Yeah, right now he's the teacher's pet. 
So yeah. Okay. All right, AJ. What about you? I mean, with with how Triple H is going and doing everything, I'm also gonna give him an A. But you gotta his first quote unquote pay per view is coming up, like the one that he can actually do on his own with Clash the Castle. Let's see how he delivers that, and then I can give a proper semester grade if we were to say, you know, good old Dean Douglas, you know, with the franchise. But <laughs> uh, for right now, I would also give him an A. He's bringing back all the people that was wrongfully fired in NXT. You're the main roster, and who knows? Maybe we might see some more familiar faces come up, but. For right now, he's got an A in my book. He's doing a great job. He's he's making it entertaining at least, so that's all I can ask for. In all honesty, well, this the other thing. Me, uh, one more thing um, with the bringing people back. Um, you you don't want to turn into the root beer show with right. that, and then, yeah. so you need to be mindful of that. Yeah. Okay. Jason, what about you? What do you give? What kind of grade you give Triple H in his first four weeks? I'll give him a saw uh, a minus. It's a it if you it definitely didn't turn into black and gold or anything like that. Um, and it's mostly the same Muppet Show formula over on Raw. Um, so he didn't really nothing has like changed. They're just being a little more daring um, with some of the camera cuts they've done. How they've linked scenes together. Like how they had uh, what's his name snooping up back during Drew's entrance, and it cut right to Drew's entrance. Um, so they they're just trying a lot of new things. So I almost want to give them an incomplete right now, but I mean all all signs are great. And like AJ, I probably want to revisit this topic again after Clash of the Castle to go. Okay, so did you? So how did we how did we do it that? You know, because obviously SummerSlam, we know, yeah, Vince was gone. But that was a great portion of that show was Vince McMahon's idea, approval, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, um, as I said a couple weeks ago, you don't just pull out, pull out a four-ton tractor with Brock Lesnar's logos on the scoops. Uh, you don't pull that out in two weeks. Right. So, I, I, but I yeah, I'll give it a minus, a minus, a minus. I would say I agree with you guys. I think what's going to be key for Triple H, and, and again, we can. Re- I think where we can revisit this is maybe a month or two after the draft, um, because I really think the draft is where his create his creative ideas are going to start to to unfold and kind of take take shape and things like that. I think what's really going to define Triple H is how he sticks the landing on things that are already in play. Most importantly is the the tribal chief because we, we've discussed this for a long time, how they stick the landing on what the end game is for the tribal chief is going to be key because it's been incredible. There's been a lot of really good storytelling, a lot of really good nuance. If they shit the bed at the very end of the whole thing, it could be a, a problem for him. And a, taking on someone else's baby is always difficult. Um, so we'll see we'll see what happens with that and and you know where he goes with I think I think that's going to be 
very key in, in his creative process moving forward and what kind of grade he gets after that. But right now, I would say, yeah, right now with the, the returns, the booking, I'm a fan of the large of the longer matches. I'm probably slightly above the rest of the guys here on the show as a, I'm a bit of a work rate nerd. I love the sports entertainment stuff. I love the wacky stuff, but I like a good wrestling match that has some time dedicated to it. I've been okay with the longer matches and the, the more wrestling on the show. So yeah, I would say about an eight minus right now. Now let me just say with the, with the longer matches, I don't personally don't mind the longer matches per se, but at the same time, they, you know, they can potentially create a problem if you're having trouble getting, if, if you're, you know, as far as roster management and getting people on TV, um, it's a it's a it's a thing that could potentially cause problems later. I wouldn't say it's a problem right now. Um, the the issue with that is, and again, I'm going I'm reverting back to the IWC here. There's no pleasing them because you're either going to get okay Lashley and AJ Styles for 12 minutes, or they're going to complain because Lashley and AJ only got five minutes. So it's it's really kind of a tough balancing act, and I think Triple H is still finding that happy balance between, okay, let's give them some wrestling versus let's get people on TV. See, that, that goes to one of my favorite lines from SmackDown versus Raw 2008, I believe, where Michael Cole actually said, you can please all the people some of the time and some of the people all the time, but there's very little middle ground where that's that's where Triple H has to find that, where people might not like what you do all the time, but if you actually tell a good story and it goes progressively through, there shouldn't be any problem in all honesty. Right. I guess now I'm thinking of things like, like Dolphin Theory went 16 minutes, right? Um, did we really need to do that? Nope. <laughs> So to me, it's things like that. I like, didn't think it was a bad 16 minutes, but I'm probably in the minority here. It, I well, no, well, was, it, no, no, no. The match was great. Uh, I mean, good. Um, great is a little strong. It was good. It was Dolph Ziggler and Austin Theory. They can both work. But, you know, it didn't need to be that long. Well, that's did, the thing. Like, so. Did we need that? No. But the no. other thing is, how many times in the past, like when we first originated the Money in the Bank, did we have edge lose but look impressive on like monday night raws or smackdowns and everything else i i don't know if this is triple h is doing or they're trying to do this again but they're trying to make theory look like he's good but he's still an underdog when will he cash in money in the bank okay all right well before we call the go home spot here anybody got any last words any last thoughts um, Raw was fun. Um, and now, well, there's 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 only one return that, that really matters. All right, we're moving on. Jason, any hey, thoughts? Man. Uh, no. I mean, yeah, Triple H has already got a leg up, honestly, with the Roman Reigns thing. He has got a huge leg up already because, in my opinion, anyway, the two absolute flat out wrong answers are now off the table. When, when Brock Lesnar and and uh, John Cena. In my opinion, those were the two wrong answers. You failed your assignment. 
No, well, that, those um, are, yeah, that's that's in case of emergency, break glass. Um, you know, seriously, no, it's usually just have him vacated or something at that point. But anyway, um, so he's already got a leg up. So there's no wrong answers here, man. It's just how you get there. Yeah. All right, AJ. Any final words? I. I I think I've hit home everything, and everyone else has had said stuff that I I believe in. So. All right. I got nothing. All right. Well, on that note, we will wrap up. Uh, personally, guys, what I thought was a really fun, really awesome episode. Uh, and uh, we'll call the go-home spot here. I'll go around the room and thank my, my, my guest hosts here. First, from the Rob the Genius podcast, the Minister of Truth, the Deacon of Data, the Father of Facts and Figures, Mr. Rob. Awesome night, sir. Thank you. And thank you. Um, shame, one shameless plug really quickly. Uh, I went on with uh, Duke. Duke loves wrestling. Uh, we talked about the AEW TV stuff. I, we talked a good while about that. That should be up tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Duke's always a good listen. Uh, that's Duke. Duke loves wrestling, right? Yes. Yeah. Duke loves wrestling. And a man who is bound to determine one day to go through a barbershop window, Jason, Bucky's tag team partner, sir. Thank you. Oh, it's always a pleasure, my friends. We had a good time. AJ, thanks for coming, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Seriously. Yeah, absolutely. Last but not least, from the DWI podcast, at least most notably for me, AJ, you got a moment, man. Plug all your stuff. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm happy that you guys enjoyed my time here, and I definitely want to come on again. I'm not denying that. It's, it's been a blast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at phenomenalajb, ajb in all caps. Like I said, AJ Styles is the reason why I got back into wrestling. I got to pay homage to him in some way, shape, or form. And DJ, like you said, with the boss, Greg DeMarco, I got to kind of plug the chairshot.com where you can find podcasts and reviews, even my own reviews and opinions that you can find on there as well, along with prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chairshot. You can find a bunch of chairshot merch. Sadly, I'm not wearing one because I have to go uh, laundry day to day but hey you'll find everything you need on prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot for all of your chair shot needs hey uh, dj not for nothing but uh he does that really really well you should might take some pointers uh, yeah he's he's a good pitch man for that kind of thing i've got one catchphrase and i'm about to hit you with it you can call it pro wrestling you can call it sports entertainment you can call it whatever you want but call it in the ring this is the mindless wrestling podcast I am your host, DJ. I want to thank all of you for tuning in again this week, and we'll be back next week, and we're out. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. 
All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.